Welcome to Catch and Release, a podcast project undertaken by more than 100 English 12 students from Sir Winston Churchill Secondary in Vancouver, BC. In these episodes, you'll be hearing about their memories, big moments from their lives, their regrets, and their dealings with mental health. We hope that after catching these stories, you find a way to release what's holding you back. Thank you for listening. Wow. That was such an emotional and heart-wrenching story. I can't imagine that happening to me. Having your whole life change in a second, in a moment. We wanted to talk to you today about your story. So like not just the facts of what happened, but like your side of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit, just probably about yourself to start? Oh, about myself. Okay, yeah. well, um, I'm just, I'm a teacher. Yeah. Uh, I teach French at a high school. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when, uh, when everything happened, I was just your regular 30 mm-hmm. something year old, <laughs> you know, married, no kids, just kind of living my life, mm-hmm. however. Uh, my husband Brad, he was big into cycling. Um, he, it was just like a regular Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and he would go riding every Sunday morning with his friends, like the bigger rides because yeah. he worked all week, so it would be like a three, four, five hour ride sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice because you know he got to do the thing that he liked. I got to have like my my alone time, yeah. and you know we spent lots of time together. But it was kind of the one thing that we didn't, the one hobby that we didn't share. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we we valued our, our independence that way. Yeah, which was really nice. And yeah, so it was just a regular Sunday. So I'll just tell you like from yeah. like how I experienced it because yeah. I wasn't at the accident scene. I didn't witness what mm-hmm. happened. Um, so regular, I remember I was buying his Christmas present mm-hmm. on Amazon, I remember, <laughs> because he left, uh, you know, he said, okay, I'm off. And I said, have a great ride. We kiss it. I love you. And he left. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I think back on that moment, exactly, it could have gone so differently because mm-hmm. there were so many times where we were in a rush and it was, okay, I got to go by. And then mm-hmm. doors already closed. There's no kind of farewell. There's no kiss. There's no good. I yeah. love you or anything because it's just the day-to-day life and it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just very, very grateful that I had had like a really nice kind of intimate moment with him right before yeah. he left, being that that was the last time I'd ever see him. A proper. Yeah, exactly, like a proper goodbye. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was just shopping online and just kind of, you know, fiddling around. And mm-hmm. then it was maybe about a little bit before, no, a little bit after 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So he had been gone for a couple hours. I got a text message or a, like a Facebook message yeah. because it was from one of the guys he was riding with who I wasn't friends with yet. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't friends with him at the time. Um, so he didn't even have my phone number. So he yeah. just texted me, um, call me now in all caps with his phone number. So that can't be good. Like yeah. that's, so I kind of started freaking out a little bit. I called him, he answered right away. And he's just like, there, you know, we've been in an accident, a car hit us. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, is everybody okay? And mm-hmm. he just couldn't answer. He just couldn't answer me. He just said, I don't know. Yeah. And so that, of course, threw mm-hmm. me into a panic. Mm-hmm. I was home alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the other riders in the group, um, so their partners were all notified. And so we got to the hospital. They were in New Westminster. 
because yeah. the uh, the accident happened kind of right. It was on River Road, but right kind of like East River Road, right where mm-hmm. Richmond ends and New West starts. Yeah. So they were at that hospital. Um, we were looking for them. It was weird. I was phoning, like you, there's a phone and you call yeah. like the, the, the main people and say, oh, I'm looking for so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And it was very strange. I'm like, I'm looking for my husband. And they were like, oh, we don't have anybody by that name here. Just going, yeah. like, well, that's kind of strange. I'm like, okay. So I said my friend's partner's name. They're like, oh, yes, no, we have him mm-hmm. and we have the other person. So I'm like, okay. So I went in and they, they separated us right away. They put her in a room by herself and they put me in another room. And when I got into that room, Brad's parents had already were already there. Mm-hmm. And then they told us what had happened. Well, they didn't tell us what had happened. They were just like, you know, there was an accident. There were some very serious injuries. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, where is he? Like, why mm-hmm. is he not here? If he's seriously injured, he should be at the hospital. And they were like, oh, well, he's still at the scene. And I was like, so for me, it was like, I don't understand what that yeah. means. And his parents, his mom's especially, understood right away. She was like, he's dead. Mm-hmm. So he's, they're not going to bring yeah. him back. So... Then it was just kind of, kind of a blur. I don't. Mm-hmm. Rem- I remember thinking I should react, and like almost forcing myself to react because I just was in like, shock. it's like the craziest feeling. It's just yeah. the shock is just overwhelming. You're just like no, like yeah. that doesn't happen. Disbelief. Yeah. Complete mm-hmm. disbelief. And so I just kind of. It's hard to think of that moment, even though it was a while now. Yeah. Because it's like the shock was so terrible. It's almost like you get that shock again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a lot of, I had a little bit of PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it had to do with that moment. Yeah. And for me, it's more just remembering that moment and just the shock. And the shock almost kind of takes over again. Yeah. And just, yeah. yeah. It puts you in that same position you were in that hospital waiting room. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like the the disbelief like hysteria and then just fear and Mm -hmm. confusion and uh, I felt so so terrible for my so the other guy uh, that was in the so one of them was seriously injured he was awake he was alive Mm -hmm. he was he was okay in like the grand scheme of things he had severe injuries that needed a lot of surgery Mm -hmm. and he still requires a lot of care and stuff like that but um the other person was in a coma Mm -hmm. wasn't given a very high probability of survival, major head trauma, and his partner, who I'd driven there with, she was seven months pregnant at the time. Yeah. And um, so that was very, I was just, I just felt so horrible for her. Mm-hmm. Both of them were not from Canada. They don't have family here. They have lovely friends, and we were always there to support them. But there was that element yeah. that she was expecting a child, and her partner might not make it. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, oh, man, good thing I'm not pregnant. <sighs> And then two days later, I found yeah. out I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was almost one of the, it was like a double, like a yeah. double hit where I was just like, I lost my husband. I'm still processing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I know it was a big struggle. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, if I, if I could make that choice, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, I saw it as just a huge blessing that, mm-hmm. you know, Brad was gone, but then I would have the opportunity to have a child that would be him. Yeah. And he would never really be gone forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so that was a rough... (laughs) I would say the universe kind of cut me some slack because the pregnancy was really good. Mm -hmm. It was easy. Um, I did have a lot of fear of miscarrying. I had a lot of fear about that because I said, you know, I 
I survived one loss. I don't know that I can survive a second one Mm -hmm. so closely together. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything went really well. Mm -hmm. And she, my daughter was born in July, Mm -hmm. 2017. And it was like the best day of my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, she's been just the light Mm -hmm. of my life since then. Yeah. And so now a lot of it is the healing. So I, I saw a therapist. I still see a therapist. Um, mm-hmm. That has helped a lot. Talk, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing I feel, the most important thing I felt that the therapist did for me was telling me it was okay to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I told her sometimes I'm feeling really mad and she's like, that's normal. Or I'm like, I'm feeling really, really, really like alone. Mm-hmm. I feel, and then when I started feeling good, and and like happy and I started feeling yeah. guilty about feeling yeah. happy she was also able to tell me that no that's okay mm-hmm. you're healing that's okay everybody heals at their own rate and there's nobody who can tell you what's right and what's wrong about mm-hmm. how you feel exactly. so that was really impressive. it's one of those things where you know it like you hear yeah. people say it you see all the like you know the poetry <laughs> and all that yeah. kind of stuff but to have a professional tell you like it's it's, it's real. okay. It's real. It's, it's normal. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody heals at their own pace. Yeah. So just like, I mean, the day-to-day life, it was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think again, the way things happened, the way I can look at it is very, you know, he didn't feel pain when he died. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't even know what happened. Yeah. So he never had the fear. Um, he died instantly mm-hmm. doing what he loved with his friends you know, mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like a mixed blessing. We had a great farewell in the yeah. morning. Like I could have been like mad at him or yelled at him or said something <laughs> yeah. mean or something. Yeah. Or he would have done the same. Actually, no, he never would have done that. He was just a big <laughs> guy. You know, I was the mean one in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it was perfect. I, mm-hmm. So I, he really left this world without regret. And I didn't have mm-hmm. any regrets either. Mm-hmm. So for me to not feel that guilt was just, I think was very, very very important to my healing because mm-hmm. I never felt like it was at all my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that my adjustment helped, it was helped a lot by, so my therapy, my friends, my family, like I, an overwhelming amount of support. Like it's yeah. unbelievable. I don't think I cooked a meal for myself for <laughs> over a year because friends of mine organized food trains. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they organized, like I had someone at my house every day, whether I wanted someone there or not, <laughs> someone was there feeding me, checking in on me, making sure I was comfortable, making mm-hmm. sure I was okay. And on the off days that I didn't have someone come and visit me, I was getting phone calls and text messages, mm-hmm. eating leftovers from the day before. If anything, I had too much food. People would like, <laughs> someone would bring me like a full family size lasagna one day and then the next day someone would bring me like a gigantic thing again and I'm like my fridge is <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. like I was so grateful but it's like almost it was too much but it was great mm-hmm. and um when I was with Brad I was a completely different person the person that I am now is just I wouldn't recognize mm-hmm. the old me and that's a good thing like yeah. I feel like that's a good thing mm-hmm. I've grown a lot as a person oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know it, yeah, I'd do anything to have Brad back, obviously, but I can't wish that. Yeah. So I can only just live my life as best I can for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, she, because I'm different. I'm not who I was. Yeah. I'm, I went from being Brad's wife to being my daughter's mom. And yeah. I think it's important that she knows that you can live through a, a tragedy 
but life goes on. Yeah. Like you don't have to stand still. You can mm-hmm. move forward and heal and seek help and be happy and be happy. And it's okay to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's okay to find joy in your life because I find a lot of joy in my life, especially when I see her. Yeah. You know, I could like, I mean, I'm sad. I see her and I'm sad. She'll never know her dad. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I can tell her all about him and I will tell her all about him and she'll know everything about who he was, but she'll never know him mm-hmm. as a person right? because she can't, it's yeah. impossible, but she'll, yeah, no, she'll know that you know, he would be proud of her. He would love her and that I love her and that I'm proud of her. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that matters just as much. So yeah, it's, um, it's just, yeah, life is just so different. It's so, yeah. it's, it's strange. It's strange, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And how was like the court experience and having to oh, deal with that? Yeah, that was a whole, uh, so charges were laid. We thought that it should have been criminal mm-hmm. because of the information that was gathered. You know, the day, the day of the sentencing, the judge actually shamed the crown council saying that they should have pressed criminal charges like that he was just beside himself that this was that this was all that the person was getting that his sentence was absolutely pathetic Mm -hmm. um especially after hearing a lot of like all of our statements Mm -hmm. and he never once looked up at us like we had gone to court a few times he had never been there he was only there at the sentencing hearing Mm -hmm. Um, and having his like defendant lawyer read the apology no, there was no apology. There was no apology? Yeah, no. I mean, it's like, sorry, people died, you know, but it was just very, it didn't count. Yeah. It, it was not an apology. It's like, it's like when you tell a child who's hit another child to apologize and he's like, <laughs> sorry, and walking away. Mm-hmm. That's really what it felt like. If he had felt any remorse, he would have, it would have showed. Mm-hmm. I really felt that he felt no remorse. The fact that he fell asleep in the squad car on his way to the to the to the yeah. police station just speaks volumes i don't care how tired you are if you kill you're, someone and you know it and you feel horrible about it like you're not sleeping there's nothing mm-hmm. like you can't sleep right mm-hmm. you're i wasn't sleeping i didn't kill anybody right so it's just yeah eighteen hundred dollar fine one year driving prohibition a one year driving prohibition is over next month which means he's back on the road. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does not care. And I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm an educator. My big push was to educate young people more about driving um, fatigue. Yeah. Which was what the main cause was. I mean, he was out partying, so, you know, he blew under the limit for alcohol. But yeah. I mean, I know myself. I can have one glass of wine, I'm blowing under the alcohol limit, but I can't drive. Yeah. I know myself, like, and I would never drive, mm-hmm. even if with one drink. I just mm-hmm. know that my senses are not 100%. Yeah. So I can't imagine staying up all night partying, even though the liquor is, like, out of my system somewhat, mm-hmm. and being able to drive a car. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... But, again, it's, it's not taught. Like, you guys know, don't drink and drive. You guys know, <laughs> don't do drugs and drive. You guys know, don't text and drive. But there's not a lot of, don't pull a double shift and drive home. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, pull an all-nighter studying and then yeah. drive home from the library. Like, yeah. there needs to be stricter policies, but there also mm-hmm. needs to be more education around that. 
for young people. I think there was a Mythbusters episode yeah. where they actually compared driving fatigue to driving intoxicated, and driving fatigue was worse. It's disappointing, but it's almost to the point where it's just, well, what can I do? Yeah. Not a whole lot that I can do, and that's just the system. Um, I don't think it set a very good message. Basically, you can kill someone, you can hurt someone, and then you can hide behind the Motor Vehicles Act. Yeah. Right? It's, you know, I mean, it's not a life for life. That's not what I'm after. Mm -hmm. But there should be more than just a fine. And then yeah. he actually fought the driving prohibition. He fought really? it. I'm sorry, if I had killed someone with my car, I'd never drive again. Mm -hmm. You know, that's for me, that's not showing any remorse. Yeah. But, you know, you can't be punished some and not others. It has to be a just system. It has to be a fair system. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I really want to thank you for being mm -hmm. such a strong role model, first of all, for, you know, for people like us, for mm -hmm. your daughter. Um, yeah, we just wanted to thank you for, like, coming in to speak with us about this. That's my this pleasure. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Wow. That was such an emotional and heart-wrenching story. I can't imagine that happening to me. Having your whole life change in a second, in a moment. All because of someone else's actions. Maybe you think you're invincible. Maybe you're only a little tired. Maybe it was only one drink. It doesn't matter. Take a minute and keep Adele's story in mind. Share it. For every story we hear, there are millions more. Don't be the person that starts another story. We would like to credit Adobe Audition for their program and free sound for using their music. Thank you so much for listening to In A Moment.